Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Quick announcement, and then we'll get on with the story. As I stated previously, this week starts a Monday through Friday upload schedule, as well as everyone gets the hang of Patreon. Patreon is now up and running. Please go over to the community post that I have made on the main channel of Back to Ashes, and you will find all the information that you are looking for. I look forward to seeing each and every one of you that choose to do so become a patron of the Back to Ashes channel. Now, with all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, happier, and stronger person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and enjoy this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Trucker Stories. As soon as this introduction is over, an ad will play. I'll read the first story, an ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads played throughout the rest of this video. I pulled over for a break on the way to Melbourne from Sydney at a truck stop. No streetlights or anything. It was pitch black. No other trucks or cars at the stop. I turn off my lights. I switch the truck off. I do the curtains, lock the truck from both sides. I jump into bed, set my alarm, and set my phone above me in the compartment. I was rolling over from side to side for around five to ten minutes. I couldn't get to sleep due to it being prime summer temperatures, reaching around 30 degrees at night. I'm looking up at the ceiling, mentally planning out the day ahead. Suddenly, the passenger side door opens up slightly. Cabin light turns on. What in the actual F? Now, the truck is fairly a late model and in pristine condition, so there's no question about door being faulty or anything. I just sat there for what felt like eternity expecting someone to come up and see me sitting there with the solid rod in my hand that we use for tightening belts. No one came up, nor was there any noise at all. Just quiet, eerie silence. I grabbed my torch and jumped down, 
walked around the truck. No other trucks were around, nor were there any cars. It was just me and my fully loaded B-double. After around five to ten minutes of getting effed around with, I locked up and went to bed again. I woke up the next morning, yawned, fixed myself up along with the bed. I opened the curtains and F my life. There's a cemetery next to the stop where I parked. Hunger and laziness all escaped upon realization. I grabbed my keys. F putting shoes on. F putting pants on. I switched the truck on and just got the F out of there ASAP. My boyfriend is a truck driver who routinely does midnight runs. Oddly enough, I asked him this question myself a few days ago. He told me that one night he was getting ready to park in a lot next to a truck stop. He said it looked like there were no lights, no cars, no signs of anyone, but he said screw it, he was tired. He woke up the next morning parked on the side of the road with three highway patrol vehicles behind him. He was about 15 miles away from the truck stop he parked at. Thing is, he was sleeping in his camper the whole night. He has no idea how he got on the side of the road, and logic says someone tried stealing the truck and succeeded. And the police convinced him of this happening as they saw a man in a black jumpsuit running away from his truck into a nearby field. Even then, he still feels uneasy about the whole situation. Apparently, the doors were still locked from the inside, and there was no real sign of anyone trying to break in. My brother was a truck driver in the 90s and early 2000s. He just told me the story a few months ago. He was driving through Pennsylvania on his way back to New Jersey. He pulled over on the side of the road behind two other trailers. In the early morning, he heard someone bang on his right door. He quickly jumps from the sleeping compartment and grabs his bat. As he looks out the window... There's no one there, but now there's a bang on the left side. Freaked out, he looks out that window, and there's nothing but silence now. He's trying to figure out what the F is going on. Seconds later, there was banging on both doors simultaneously. He said the banging was so loud and heavy, the truck was shaking. Both curtains open. He can see there's no one out there. He quickly jumps in the driver's seat and starts the truck. He sees the other two trucks ahead of him do the same. He said he felt as if they all experienced the same thing. This is actually one I can answer due to my father having been a truck driver for over 30 years. He is currently in the hospital due to back problems. There might be a connection. 
Mind you, this story might have happened five, maybe 20 years ago, and it's a retelling of a retelling. I might even go back and edit certain parts if I recall something different, but I'll do my best to summarize. One night, as my father was trying to catch a few hours of sleep in the bed of his truck, before having to, kind of illegally, drive a few more hours than he was supposed to, due to time constraints and bad traffic all day, he heard little bumps from the outside like a raccoon trying to get into a metal shed. So his first thought was simply, it probably was a raccoon. And then things turned a bit creepy. He started hearing more noises and finally some mumbling from outside. Clearly, no raccoon, but a couple of guys, maybe two to three. Fully convinced this wasn't just an animal, my father tried to get up, but simply couldn't. It was like he was mentally all there, but his muscles weren't responding. It wasn't anything like sleep paralysis, though. Turns out, those guys put a little rubber tube through the truck's little skylight, which was tilted open slightly for some fresh air while sleeping, and poured some kind of knockout gas or something like that into the truck's cabin. Barely conscious, he could only just lay there and watch as two men entered the cabin, after fiddling around with the lock for a few more minutes. They took all they could find, both company and private phone, his wallet, and even his shoes. Something that I personally find most terrifying. One of the thieves was searching everything very thoroughly. He gave my dad a complete pat-down, pockets of pants and shirt, under his pillow, basically anywhere someone might hide something valuable. Personally, that would have freaked me out the most. And the most interesting part about this story is that he told me about it as if it were just a thing you gotta go through when being a trucker. And the story in particular isn't too rare out there, he said. He also told me a ton of horror stories from other drivers, but I wanted to keep it in the family for this one. Maybe another day. Like most people here, this didn't happen to me. One of my good friends from middle school had a stepfather who was a truck driver for a good amount of time. He was a tough son of a bitch. I never saw him not look like he could kill someone. Except one time, when he told us why he stopped driving trucks. He was on a long trip from somewhere down in Texas to Boise, Idaho. By the time he hit the freeway close to Boise, he had already been up for 24 hours. Either way, I don't believe he could have seen this coming. Outside of Boise, he was driving, late at night, at the fastest legal speed, when out of nowhere, he sees someone sit straight up in the middle of the road. He didn't have enough time to hit the brakes, not that it would have helped. She was decapitated on the spot. He later found out she was tweaked out. 
I don't think even if he wasn't sleep-deprived, he would have seen her lying in the road. From that, the police could gather. She walked out there, sat down, and eventually fell asleep in the road. No one knows who she was or how she got out that far. I have a trucker story from the extended family. An uncle used to drive a lot and he always came back with the most weirdest stories ever. While every family member knew his stories, there was one story he told and warned about, even to me when I was six or so. Moral of the story is to never stay during the night in the desert alone. It seems once he drove to Chile, he had a contract and the way there was okay. I made the travel myself later in life. It's beautiful. Whenever he was done, he usually spent a few bucks on booze, but this time, due to a family gathering, he wanted to come back as soon as possible. So, instead of drinking in some bar, he decided to sleep a bit at the Atacama Desert. Well, it's a desert, and he had parked way outside the road and a few miles before the next village. He sleeps and wakes up on someone singing. He is confused and thinks it's the radio, but the radio is not on. Then, the singing stops, and it sounds more like a scream of help. That's when he wants to get out and help. But still, he is confused. He said he started the motor and the lights to see where and who was there. He also did open the window a bit and yelled, asking what happened. It was nothing. And right then, when he decides to get out anyway, he catches a movement in the corner of where the lights end. It looked like a woman, but the face was pitch dark. He freaks out and drives away, nonstop until he reached home. Whatever he saw, or thought he saw, Every time he told the story, his face went pale. Even my grandmother commented how he was usually a very jolly guy. But whatever happened in the Atacama Desert freaked him the hell out. My dad was a trucker for many years. One time, he told me he'd stopped at a mandatory way station somewhere at night that was refurbished from an old train station. My dad parked the truck and got out, noticing that someone was walking along the train tracks with a light. It was really late, so my dad called out and asked if he was okay. The man kept walking. My dad said he had a lantern in his hand. My dad called out again and the man never turned around. He went into the office and told them that some drunk butthole is walking the train tracks. And the guy behind the desk nonchalantly says, Yeah, was it this guy? And points to an old ass picture on the wall. It was a picture of all the rail yard guys from like over 70 years before. Sure enough, 
my dad had seen one of the guys in the photo. Apparently, a lot of people have seen whatever that was and come and asking questions. Apart from that story, he has many where he has seen people die, seen bad accidents, and driven past blocked off parts of the road where he can clearly see a white sheet over lots of blood. He told me a story once where he saw a motorcyclist merging onto the freeway, get into an accident with a car, and the cyclist's head just popped right off, helmeted all, and went hurtling through the air. After a long haul through the beautiful city of Melbourne, Ben pulled off for the night in a quiet stretch of the town. Being outside the city limits, he was surprised at the thick darkness that followed after flipping off his rig's lights for the evening. With no streetlights, cars, or trucks nearby, it seemed like the pitch black bled into the night sky. He felt lonely, but was accustomed to the solitude of his profession. After his evening ritual of locking the doors, closing the curtains, and checking his surroundings for any potential concerns, he made his way to bed. He rolled from side to side for several minutes, perplexed by the cold he felt despite the summer season. The chill made it difficult to sleep, and he became lost in thought concerning the events of the next day. Suddenly, the cabin light flooded the space in a pale yellow. Startled, Ben sat upright to discover that the passenger side door of his rig was open ever so slightly. Fear shot through him as his mind raced. There was no way the door was faulty. The truck was new and in pristine condition. Was this an intruder? Grabbing a pole used for tightening belts, Ben prepared to meet the invader but didn't move. Seconds seemed like hours as a delicate silence settled over the truck. Nothing. Mustering his courage, he arose from his bed, walking around the perimeter of the truck, and discovered no sign of anything. No footprints, no nearby homes, no vehicles. Just Ben and his truck. After uneasily returning to his bed, he fell into an undisturbed sleep. The next day, Ben woke, stretched and parted the curtains. Gazing out of the window into the daylight, he froze. The hairs on his neck stood up. Immediately adjacent to his truck was an isolated cemetery. Without bothering to put on shoes or pants, Ben started his truck, stepped on the gas, and sped away from that lonely spot. As a carrier for the oil industry, Grace was accustomed to working obscure hours of the night. On one especially late shift, she fell into a trance while making her way along a long stretch of back road. After driving through the night hours for some time, Grace noticed a strange object on the road ahead. From a distance, the object looked large and lumbering. She speculated that a moose was likely incoming and slowed down accordingly. As the shape drew closer, 
An uneasy feeling came over Grace as the form remained. Formless. Her headlights shone directly on the object, but the light seemed to be totally swallowed up into the void of the shape. The entity looked vaguely quadrupedal, but towered six feet in the air. No eyes cast a reflection by her headlights. Only a motionless shadow stood before her. Grace was trying to make sense of the situation when an awful epiphany came over her. Detecting slight movement in her peripherals, she looked side to side to discover six other forms, similar in shape and magnitude, surrounding her vehicle. With adrenaline coursing through her body, she punched the gas and drove around the objects. As close as can be while passing, Grace could still not identify a single feature of the shadows, just darkness. She could never identify what she saw that eerie night. I was driving through Montana, headed east, and my company had miscalculated my mileage, so I requested an emergency fuel up. I got a response with the nearest gas station that I could get approved at. It wasn't exactly close, so I turned off the main highway and headed toward my stop. It's pitch black, there's no moon, no city light, and I haven't seen any headlights for about an hour. I'm cruising down the highway, and I see something in the middle of the road at the furthest extent of my headlights, so I slow down naturally as I approach it. When I come to pass it, I get one good glance at it and slam on my brakes as I pass right in the middle of the highway. All I could think was, what did I just see? So I back up looking in my mirror until I see its red silhouette in my brake lights. I pull my brakes, put on my jacket and grab my flashlight and hop out. I walk to the back of my trailer and put my light on it. And there it was. A headless, skinless, mangled corpse. I froze and my jaw dropped. I didn't know what I was looking at. I just stood there, in the middle of the highway, in the cold, stagnant air. The only sound is the hum of my truck, 50 feet back. Watching the steam rise from this pile of meat. There was no fur. There was no clothing. Just a fully intact ribcage with a mess of other miscellaneous bones attached by ligaments. I debated calling the police as the ribcage looked big enough for someone my size, but I looked at my phone and had zero cell service. The nearest town was about 50 miles out. When I put my phone away, I flashed my light around and standing at the end of the road were a handful of coyotes staring at me. Then they started coming through the fence and trotting my direction. I figured this is the part where I get back in the truck before I get into a situation. So I did and continued on my way. I still to this day do not know if it was human or not. 
Whatever it was and whatever had happened, I was almost a witness of. I convinced myself that it was more than likely a deer and was hit by another truck like my own at highway speeds. That would definitely do significant damage. But in retrospect, I have never seen roadkill missing its flesh before. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Many years ago, I was on a shift called Meet and Turn. This is where the driver that is domiciled out of the city will drive a load halfway to its destination, while the other driver that meets him halfway and brings the load where it needs to be delivered. I had been doing runs like these for several months, and I found out that I had to meet on point an hour before the other driver arrived. It was a dark and empty lot around 3 a.m., so since there was still some time to kill, I decided to close my eyes and take a short nap. About ten minutes into my nap, I was awakened by a barking dog. I tried to ignore it, but the bark carried on for several minutes and it grew louder and closer. At this point, it became clear that he's either trying to alert me of something or he's just being a pain in the ass. So I sat up and looked out my window and what I saw left me motionless. Standing there, inches on the other side of the glass, was a man of around 35 years of age. He was a large fellow, and he was barking at me. His eyes were crazy, and he was even frothing a little from his mouth. The sheer creepiness struck me, and gently, without making any sudden movements, I reached down and started my truck and slowly started pulling away. As I was doing so, he was chasing after me, much like you would expect an angry dog, and still barking as I kept pulling away. Needless to say, I don't take naps on the job anymore. I was driving through Kansas on I-70 at night once when I hit one of the craziest thunderstorms I've ever seen. It was so bad the road started flooding a bit and I had to pull into a service plaza and wait it out. 
when the creepy part happened. As I was sitting in the truck watching the storm, there is a series of lightning strikes followed by a blackout. Suddenly, a massively bright light starts moving behind the clouds. Too slowly to be an aircraft, but too fast to be part of the storm system. It moves up over the hills and trees before crossing directly overhead, then disappears a bit behind the service plaza. The transit from treeline to plaza took maybe five to ten minutes tops, and while it was overhead, it cast everything in an eerie blue glow and lit up the parking lot. I seriously thought aliens were invading. Anyway, within ten minutes of the creepy light disappearing, the rain completely stopped and the parking lot lights came back on, like someone flipped a switch. I got out of there while looking in my mirrors for spaceships or those alien walkers from War of the Worlds. My most common run is Vancouver to San Francisco. It's an easy trip most of the time, with very little challenge involved. I tend to prefer driving into the night because there's less traffic. Of course, driving around in the middle of nowhere during witching hour means I've seen my share of things. UFOs, Bigfoot, the works, man. But none of that stuff has ever scared me nearly as bad as the people you see walking along the shoulder of the road far from civilization. I noticed my first one on my junior run down south on the number five. It was a lady in a blue summer dress, just strolling down the side of the highway underneath the full moon. Not a care in the world. Now, we were on a stretch that was miles and miles away from anything in either direction, and I was the first vehicle on the road that she'd likely seen since dusk. She didn't even look up to acknowledge me, though. Instead, she just kept on walking with a sort of vacant smile. I chalked it up to some hippie from the Oregon Trail, hopped up on something from a nearby campsite and kept driving. But she was only the first. It's not every trip you spot them, but sometimes you see a few on a single go. It always struck me as strange because you never seem to see them during the day. Or maybe you do, but they don't stick out as much under the sun. Even so, once you know that they're there, you'll start noticing the hell out of them whenever you're driving far from civilization in the dark. The other truckers call them moon wanderers, but I prefer shoulder walkers since that's always where they are. Almost like trains on a track, they walk that little white line to wherever they're going. They're different shapes and sizes too. Men, women, tall, fat, ugly, pretty. 
just folks like you'd see anywhere. Sure, they're creepy, but for a long time I didn't pay them any mind beyond noticing them on occasion in the split second that they were visible as I cruised past. But one night a few months ago, I passed by what looked like an old lady. She was in a hospital gown and looked like someone on death row. Sunken, given up on life sort of eyes, frizzy white hair and pale skin. She was smiling just like her grandkids had called her name. Her pace was a slow shuffle along the shoulder, and just looking at her, I could imagine the sound of her hospital slippers running just over top the gravelly road. I wanted to keep driving because, well, to be honest, she gave me the willies. But hell, she reminded me of my own sweet grandma. God rest her soul. So, I brought my rig to a slow stop and, collecting up the flashlight I keep in my glove box, stepped out of the cab. I could hear her coming before I could see her as I had driven a few meters ahead of her due to the long stop time. Scrape, scrape, scrape. I could visualize her wrinkly feet in those hospital slippers, shuffling ever onward. Quickly, I checked the map's app on my phone and saw that the closest town to where we were was over 50 miles. No way this old lady was walking that. Putting my phone in my jeans, I held up my flashlight and started walking towards the sound of her footfalls. Uh, hello? Ma'am? I called out, hoping that she would speak up. No such luck, just more scraping. My hairs were on edge now as I waited for her to enter into the dim light of my flashlight. I nearly cried out as the ghostly appearance came into view. Not because anything was different from before, just because she looked so much more sickly up close. Ma'am, are you okay? You're in the middle of nowhere, you know. She didn't say anything. She kept smiling and moving steadily forward. Now my heart was beating hard. She's just senile. Senile and she needs my help. I thought out loud. But my feet were frozen in place. They were going back to the truck or they weren't moving at all. She was getting closer though and as she reached within ten feet or so, her wrinkled hands began to reach slowly up. Her fingers wiggled in my direction like a grandma reaching for her grandchild's face. She opened her mouth but didn't say anything, just grinned at me with pale gums. My legs gave out, and as I fell onto my side, she reached down for me with surprising speed and dexterity. Before I knew what was going on, she had her bony fingers around my ankles, and I was getting dragged down the road. Desperately, I pulled back, but her grip was superhuman. 
and the addition of my weight didn't seem to slow her walk in the least. She stared down at me with those beady, sunken eyes, mouth agape and a smile. I kicked at her with all the fight I had in me and luckily connected with her jaw. To my horror, it was like kicking solid concrete. But luckily, she let go despite having no visible injury. I crawled backwards towards the middle of the road, and she kept walking down the shoulder. Her hands fell back down to her side, and her mouth closed in a tight-lipped smile. But her gaze stayed locked on mine as she slowly shuffled out of my flashlight's beam. I waited as the scraping bit by bit faded from my ears, and after what ended up being a half hour of stunned silence, I worked up the nerve to get up and go back to my rig. No sign of the lady, but when I climbed into my cab and sped down the highway, it didn't take long to catch up with her. Her eyes were still stuck on me. They probably had been the whole time as she walked away. The last I saw of her as I gunned it away was her thin, chapped, smirking lips. According to some other guys I know, I'm the first to try and interact with a shoulder walker, and if God is good, I'll be the last. Since then, I've seen plenty more, strolling down the highway in the pitch dark. I even saw a kid once. But there ain't no way I'm ever stopping again for them. And if you're smart, you won't either. Since that night, the shoulder walkers are always looking right at me when I drive past, which they never used to do. Almost like since that old lady saw me, they all did. I'd hate to think that would have happened if I'd not managed to get free. But I can rest easy knowing I've put my warning out there in public. Maybe I'll save a few folks with this story. I was driving for Costco a few years back. It was around this time of year. We usually took extra toy shipments to various locations due to the holiday season. We got a call that one of our locations in rural Kentucky needed to restock their giant Spider-Man dolls. They knew I was a fast driver, so I was giving the last-minute late-night duty. I loaded my truck and headed out on the 265. It was around 3 a.m. when I started to have this eerie feeling. I chalked it up to just being tired and popped a couple of no-dos. About 15 minutes later, the road started to fog up. I mean, more so than any other time before or since. It got to the point where I had to pull off to the side and wait. There weren't any other cars on the road and I was ahead of time so I figured I could wait until it cleared up a bit. About five minutes of sitting still in silence, my truck goes dead. No lights, no engine, nothing. 
I try my CB but cannot get anyone on. I check my cell phone and there is no signal. As I'm sitting there contemplating my next move, I hear what sounds like a child crying. It slowly morphed into a woman crying, or at least that's what it sounded like to me. Now I'm a big man, 6'3", 250 pounds, but I refused to exit my cab. I did roll down my window and ask if anybody needed help. At that point, the crying stopped. Then, I heard what sounded like a sinister laugh. At that point, I felt like the laughter was directed at me. I rolled up my window, and it seemed like the more scared I became, the louder the laugh went. Then, as soon as it started, it stopped. And just like that, my truck started back up and the fog dissipated. I drove out of there like a bat out of hell. I get to the next truck stop and pull in. I run to the bathroom and pour water on my face and ask myself, did that really just happen? To start off, I am not a superstitious person. I am very skeptical about ghosts and spirits, etc. But as I am writing this, I have chills running up and down my spine. So this was back in the fall of 98. I had been a truck driver for about 10 months. I was driving down a lonely stretch of two-lane back roads in central Louisiana. Hadn't passed a town in miles. This was just about sunset. As I'm driving down the road, enjoying the scenery up ahead, I see a hitchhiker. I thought to myself that I could use the company for a few miles and was going to pull over. Then, the way he was dressed caught my eye. It was as if he was a greaser or hood straight out of the 50s. Also, the entire time while I was approaching him, he kept his back to me. This all happened in about three miles and a couple of minutes. All of a sudden, I just got this feeling that I shouldn't stop. So, instead of stopping, I went wide around the person. That's when I looked into the mirror. Now, I'm not saying I actually saw this. It could have all just been my imagination but it still scares me to this day. What I saw when I looked in the mirror to see if I was past the guy, where the face should have been, an eyeless skull was staring back at me. Again, I'm not sure if I actually saw something or if it was all in my mind. It's something I will never forget as long as I live. Over my lifetime in the trucking industry, I have had several occurrences while driving across country. Mostly, I have had people walking out in front of the truck while going down the road. I have seen phantom trucks and vehicles beside and behind my truck. I have also had a phantom person, 
at a loading and receiving dock just standing there, in my mirrors, while trying to stage for the next morning in a dark alleyway. Most of the times, I was pretty well rested and was operating on what some would consider a graveyard shift to avoid traffic. I have had one instance that really freaked me out. I had just parked and went into a remote truck stop in Montana. I had returned to my truck and got into the sleeper to rest before continuing down the road. I was laying there in bed and felt my truck rock with no reason I could think of at the time. I got up and looked around the front of the truck, the side of my cab, thinking maybe a bear or animal had been messing around my truck. When I looked into my mirrors, I saw what seemed like a guy climbing up the side of my trailer, and the doors were shut and sealed and had a lock on each of them. When I went to grab the handle of my door to open it, I believe I saw the person just vanish into the side of my trailer. All I could say was, what the hell? I got out to see what was going on. And yes, I took my pistol with me as well to investigate further. I got out of the truck with my 45 SMW and flashlight to check my trailer out. Of course, my trailer was secured, with the shipper's seal and the lock was still locked. There was no way in heck anyone had entered the trailer. I went around the truck, checking the other side by looking under the trailer for legs walking around and nothing. Needless to say, I did not get much sleep that night and had to get back on the road several hours later to continue on my trip. I was once going over Highway 666, heading to northern Utah. It was about 8.30 p.m. at the time and had what appeared to be a woman walk out in front of my rig. My wife freaked and damn near caused me to have an accident and run off the road. When I got the truck stopped and got out to see if she needed help, there was nobody around at all. We were in the middle of nowhere and there was a light snowstorm, if there is such in that area, coming in and I was trying to beat it by getting over the summit and on the other side before it set in. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. 
That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I think the best creepy thing that ever happened to me was I was heading from Arizona up into Salt Lake City, Utah. Well, this was a few years ago, and the main highway had been taken out in a flash flood. It was under construction, so I had to take a weird detour through the mountains in lower Utah. Well, it was getting late, and I was getting tired, so I pulled off onto the shoulder and went to sleep in my bunk. Now, this was in the middle of nowhere. Closest town was like 40 miles away so it is completely pitch black outside once I turn the lights off. Anyway, around 4 a.m. I wake up because I'm hearing something messing with my truck, like playing with the air and power cables between my cab and the trailer, which is literally six inches from where my head is at, but on the outside of the cab. Then, I feel something climb onto the landing that's on the back of my truck, and it shakes my entire truck. So I'm guessing something around two to three hundred pounds was climbing around back there. I'm thinking like a mountain lion or a bear. At this point, I'm wide the F awake, and I want to get this thing away from me. So I slammed my hand into the cab wall trying to scare whatever it was out there. You know, slam hard enough to really make it loud. I then hear someone, a male, scream bloody murder and I hear them fall off the back of my truck. I then hear about 15 other people all around my truck yelling. I climb up front, turn on my lights and illuminate a squad of army reserves doing their midnight ruck march and capture drills. Turns out, these guys were supposed to go find an abandoned truck and secure it for their midnight drills. That truck was three miles back down the road. They were not expecting me to be sleeping there and thought I was part of the drill. I'm ex-military, so after explaining I was not part of their test, and legit was just there out of coincidence. We laughed it off. They had to radio to their CO and tell him I was there, and not have the other squads bother me for the rest of the night. I parked off an exit ramp at about 3 a.m. for my 10-hour drive. The moon was full and high, and I spotted an unmistakably human figure in a nearby cut cornfield. A little spooky, but I just wrote it off as an old-timer putting up a scarecrow for the grandkids. 
I started watching a few YouTube videos before turning in. And out of the corner of my vision, I thought I saw movement. I shut my lights off to get a good look. I saw the figure, but nothing else. I couldn't be sure, but it looked like maybe it was in a different spot. Maybe a little closer, even. I was definitely feeling a bit spooked. Highway was devoid of anyone besides a car passing every ten minutes or so. I didn't want to, but I had to jump out to pee. I considered a bottle, but I told myself I was just being childish. I took a look at the figure, and it was right where I figured it should be. I hop out, walk between my truck and trailer, and start taking a leak. Every fiber of my being wanted to look. I told myself again I was being foolish, but I couldn't help it. I looked out. The field was empty. The figure wasn't there. My stomach dropped. I pinched off and jumped back in. I took off down the highway. Didn't give one shit about a violation. I stopped 40 minutes up the road at a well-lit and very full loves. Haven't stopped on a ramp since then. I was driving through eastern Washington on some state roads. There were no rest stops or cities, but I had done the route enough to know. There were these massive dirt areas every 40 miles where you could park safely away from the road. I decided to call it a night and close my blinds and lay down to watch something on my phone. After roughly an hour... I hear someone try to open the driver's side door. I haven't heard any vehicles on the road the whole time, I'm parked, but I get up to peek out the curtains. As I'm looking out into the blackness of the driver's side window, I hear them try the passenger side door. I peek down from the top of the curtain, but can't see anything, so I start the truck and kick on the lights. I'm fairly freaked out at this point, so I'm still not opening the curtains, but peeking through gaps. Nothing. Nobody is standing near either of my doors or parked within sight line. I take a deep breath and close the sleeper curtains too, because for some reason, that's going to make things better, right? After laying back down and convincing myself that something blew against the truck, and it only sounded like the doors. It was fairly windy outside and a lot of flat ground. I hear what sounds like someone trying to pry open the vent on the sleeper. The door handles start clicking again and the truck starts shifting like someone is climbing on it. I hit the little alarm button in the sleeper hoping to spook them off but it does nothing but add to the noise of door handles fingers tapping on the windows and chassis, and the hiss of air coming out of the suspension. Then suddenly, it stops. A few moments where I can only hear myself breathing and my heart pounding before I hear another truck approach and then drive by. 
I spent the next few hours waiting for whatever it was to come back, but it never did. In the morning, I couldn't find any footprints or damage to my truck, but on every window were tiny human-looking handprints, like a toddler had licked their hands and stuck it to my window over and over. I was in a fairly rural part of Mississippi, somewhere between Clarksdale and Greenwood. Important note, it's all two-lane highway, the 250-mile drive home. The weather had turned pretty sour as I was leaving Clarksdale. I called my wife and told her there was high wind advisories and very possible tornado threats throughout the Delta, and I'd call her as soon as I made it to a safe area again. I had already been working for 14 hours when I got in the truck, so I had ate dinner and grabbed some coffee to stay awake and alert. Now, if you've never driven through flat farmland at night for 100 miles, it's very fatiguing and spooky without inclement weather. I had driven maybe 30 miles out into the farmland when hail started bouncing off my truck. Being a Mississippi native, I knew in July, hail meant tornado. I pull off to the side. I'm in the middle of nowhere where no lights to be seen, no cars behind or in front of me. I start looking for the storm or tornado I believe is approaching. I rolled the passenger window down and shined a bright flashlight off into the night nothing there. Turn to the driver's side, and this guy has his face pushed against the glass, grinning from ear to ear. I screamed, and all of a sudden, he was gone. I slammed the truck into drive and took off. We have all the time running cameras on our trucks. I got to the first safe place to stop and called my wife. I didn't want to scare her, so I didn't mention the guy or the hailstorm. I did, however, pull the SD card and check the cameras. I promise you, this guy never popped up on my front or rear cameras. I've always played it off as my imagination. I will say, I don't drive through the Delta in the dark anymore if I don't absolutely have to. I was in either northeast British Columbia or northwest Alberta, can't remember the exact location, driving late at night when I noticed a very large black shape on the road in front of me. Thinking it was a moose, I stepped on the brakes, coming to a stop only a few feet from it. Despite being so close and having my headlights shining directly on it, I still couldn't tell what I was looking at. It was vaguely the shape of a four-legged animal, but very big, probably about six feet tall. Aside from that, it was completely featureless. I couldn't make out any details whatsoever. No shine from its eyes. Nothing. And then, 
I noticed there were more of them in the ditch on both sides of the road. Five or six, or maybe more. All the same as the black shape on the road in front of me. None of them were moving. They didn't look like physical objects or living things. More like just large patches of absolute darkness. After I got over my shock, dread started to set in, and I drove around the thing on the road and sped off. I don't really believe this was a paranormal experience. I had been driving for eight plus hours through the middle of the night, and I was exhausted. Most likely, it was a hallucination caused by lack of sleep and spending too long staring straight ahead into the dark. But... It was still a very unsettling experience. We were driving down south along Sea of Cortez with a buddy at night at this four-hour dirt road to Gonzaga, which is pretty much in the middle of nowhere in the desert and we see the lights of a car behind, coming down fast and, now effectively, tailing us, and the bastard had bar mount headlights on top, or what seemed like it, which are super bright. It's normal, or it was, that locals and gringos get wasted in the nearest, now former due to COVID, spring breaker town and then go down this road super fast to test their rigs since there's no police there so I try waving him off to get the guy to keep them lights low since he's blinding us but he isn't slowing down a bit nor turn his roof lights off and it was a dangerous super dark road finally near a curve near the shore I found a spot to bail off the road without crashing and we see lights passing by us super fast and going straight to the curve. And we were like, that's it, he's going to crash down into the sea. But the lights didn't fall and kept going straight into the beach and the sea and then pitched up abruptly to the night sky and disappeared. We didn't say a word for a minute or so. And then my buddy says, Did you just see that? And I say, Yeah, you mean the effing flying truck? We didn't talk any more about it as simply it didn't make sense to talk about it, or with anyone else when we arrived. One of the worst was when I was parked at a dirt turnout in the Arizona desert between Cameron and Page for the night. This is out in Navajo country, I believe. About 2 a.m., I woke up to scratching at the window of my sleeper. It went on for about 15 minutes. I'm sitting there in the dark, scared to death, wondering what the hell is happening, with my bowie knife in my hand. After it ended, I waited another 15 minutes or so before I opened my curtain and looked out the windows. I couldn't see anything outside, 
and I was still the only one parked there. I got out the next morning, and all I found were some footprints coming to the truck, and eventually walking back into the desert. I haven't parked there since. I always stop at a small truck stop in Cameron now. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true trucker stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you are awake and listening, I hope you've enjoyed these stories. Until next time, I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.